creating a direction of travel for 2022. Welcome to The Restless Midlifer, the podcast for those of us looking to rediscover the adventure in life. Find out more at restlessmidlifer.com. Welcome to The Restless Midlifer podcast, the show for midlifers who are looking to embrace their restless spirit and re-inject some adventure into life. It's episode 34. How can we create a direction of travel that is more fireproof for 2022? A quick reminder, if, irrespective of age, you are someone who has crushed that spirit of adventure, sacrificing your health, headspace and freedom in the process, then head over to RestlessMidlifer.com and register your intention to re-adventure your Restless Midlife. That's RestlessMidlifer.com. Well, episode 34 already, and this show airs in February 2022. Now, here's the thing. I want to talk about shaping up 2022. So why haven't I addressed this sooner? I mean, typically we were doing this in the beginning of the new year, you know, January 2022, New Year's resolutions and, and what have you. Well, firstly, you, you could be listening to this episode and this show at any time. So certainly not January 2022. Secondly, if you're listening to this live, or at least in February 2022, here's the thing I want to ask yourself or want you to ask yourself is, did you make a New Year's resolution? And if so, how's it going? Chances are by now, by you know a few weeks down the line, life has kicked back in and it's either fallen by the wayside or you're working on it, but starting to feel it getting sort of gummed up a bit with life. You know, the wheels are gumming up and you're sort of losing your way. Now, it's awesome if you're flying, especially if you're doing so because you've made it sustainable. Perhaps you've been listening to my earlier episodes and uh, are adopting the sprout sweater approach. That would be cool. Let me know if you are. Dave at RestlessMidlifer.com. But don't worry if the sprout sweater approach is unfamiliar to you or things have gone a bit off track or the goal, the aspiration, the New Year's resolution has gone by the wayside completely. That's fine. That's great. That's that's human. It may be February or it may be March, whenever you're listening to it, but it's not the end. It's not over. It's not let's wait till the next new year or the next more sense, sense of motivation or inspiration to make changes. And I think that's one of the things about New Year's resolutions, isn't it? I'm not anti-New Year's resolution. I know there's a lot about what's the point of them, etc. I just think it's a very natural thing to do at certain points in our life, in our year, in our week, even if we, if we tend to find that pause, that lag in life, we do have a bit of that reflective nature in us. Many of us do. And we look back and think, you know what, what have I done in this year? <sighs> Did I, you know, I, I, I let things slip or I, I, I didn't quite get to grips with this goal or that goal. And we make a new intention and that's great. However, it's what we put, what weight we put, what sense of expectation we put on this New Year's resolution. And I think um, this is this is the challenge, isn't it? Because as I mentioned in the episode with Jeff Nicholson, where we were talking about the importance of looking back, we often find ourselves looking back over a previous year and beating ourselves up perhaps or regretting not making more of an effort or trying harder or letting this get in the way or that get in the way. And as I cautioned, as we both cautioned there, it's a sense of self-compassion there because looking back, the reality is life gets in the way, doesn't it? And this is the point. 
there's a lot of uncertainty, particularly now, but I think this always is, you know, life gets in the way and the challenge is we can't hold back the reality of life through sheer willpower, through sheer determination. I think willpower and determination have a place and often it's about getting started or at least getting us into the the mindset of planning and preparing and getting ourselves ready. But willpower is not what gets us through it. It's not what gets us to the end of our goal. We may need to call on it from time to time. Don't get me wrong. We may need smaller amounts of it every day, but relying on it as our sole way of getting towards our goal is nigh on impossible. Unless you are one of those really, really unique individuals who just seem to have it in spades and just bucket loads of willpower and, and that drive. And to be fair, I know one or two very few, but I know one or two, and those people are remarkable. But even those people, and I think when I've spoken to to them as well, they have their routines, their rituals, their practices. They have their ups and downs and setbacks and mindset challenges. So it's, you know, let's not put them up on a pedestal for this. So let's get back to this. So it may be February, Man, you may or may not be on track with your goals or your New Year's resolutions. And you may not even have opted to commit to them because in the past, what's the point, etc. That's fine. But what I do want to do in the spirit of the restless midlifer is to prod you a bit about what you do want to achieve. I think we're restless for a reason. We're restless because there's a sense that there's a potential unfulfilled. There is that itch that we haven't quite scratched. We haven't achieve the goals that perhaps over years we've set ourselves, whether it's a weight loss goal, a fitness goal, um, spend more time with the family, be more present, be less grumpy, escape that job, build that business, whatever it is. These goals, they're there for a reason. And yes, it's really worth looking into the why behind that. What is it? What are the, what are the essence about it? What does, you know, just, I'm going to use a pretty crude example. What does making a million mean to you? Well, why million? What is it about? What is that going to give you? What does weight loss give you? What is it going to give you internally, emotionally? Is it going to give you a sense of ease, a sense of, uh, confidence, that kind of thing? So it's really worth looking at our motivation. But having said that, the reason I talk about direction of travel, as no doubt those of you who listened for a while to, and picked up, is that the world is very uncertain. And so when we set goals, at the scene of setting a goal, so much is unknown. And so much of that unknown is called the future. As no doubt last year, when you might have set goals, things will have happened, uncertainties, things will have happened that you were not expecting. Um, and they would have taken over and distracted you. So how do we set something that helps move us in this direction that is reasonably fireproof? Let's be right. Nothing's perfect. Nothing's bulletproof. Nothing's totally fireproof, but we can put on a bit of that protection. We can make the, the habits and the goals a little bit more malleable, a little bit more flexible and not so big so that when they do go, and we miss that we drop something, we don't feel it's such a big weight to pick back up when we do finally get back on with it. And this is where I want to introduce or come back to um, the 135 that I spoke to uh, Pete Wilkinson in a previous interview about. 135, the world famous 135, Pete Wilkinson's approach to clarifying a vision, setting some key objectives and identifying some key goals. And it's really worth going back to listen to that. Uh, podcast to get the detail. In effect, what we're saying is, what's the vision? What is the, What are we trying to achieve? And getting as clear as we can, 
Now, that clarity I'll come back to, but then identifying the slices of this vision. You know, what, what, what are the three areas? The, the one is the vision. The three areas are the three slices that we need to work towards in order to achieve the vision. And I'm, I'm going to give you some suggestions shortly. And then the five, as, as Pete outlined, are the five mini goals, if you like, the mini things that we need to achieve in order to fulfill the objective, the one, two, and three objectives. Now, I've talked about this over a few different podcasts episodes. Um, what I've learned from Pete's uh, working with that model over the years and also the podcast is that the essence of the 135, the essence of this is that by focusing on less, we can achieve more. And that is the aim because the challenge is life is already full on, isn't it? And there is so much that could happen. We need to have less to come back to, to recalibrate, to focus on when we perhaps go off track, drift, forget, or when our head is battered and we're thinking, I know I need to do something, what is that something? So focusing on less to achieve more is the key, the key aspect to this. So in order to do that, what we need to do is narrow that down. And this is the challenge for yourselves in, in terms of your goal. If you had a New Year's resolution or a goal that's in the back of your mind, you thought, well, what's the point? Then let's see if we can boil it down into that one one object, that one goal. And this is where I'm going to... I've hummed and hard about sharing this, um, but I think it'll illustrate... Um, It'll illustrate the one, my approach to 135 or my take on it and also maybe get you thinking as well. And also perhaps a little bit of accountability for me because, um, I've used the 135 now for years, um, in a bigger sense of the direction of travel of my life, um, and my business and what have you. But what I've decided to do this year is I've decided to get more focused, focus on less to achieve more. And, there is a particular goal that I do want to do. And it's it's this direction of travel for me is to get fitter. So I'm fitter at 66 than I was when I first started out on this journey at 45 when Rosie was born. And if you listen to previous episodes, you'll know that I've, I've spoken about that before. But for me, the vision, that might be the aspiration. But what I need to do is have something a little bit more nearer term. And Pete talks about this in, in the interview as well is you can have a five-year, 10-year plan, but actually there's a point where it becomes so far away that it's difficult to visualize or achieve. So for me, I'm looking to 133. This is my take on the 135, focusing on even less so that I can have a handle on what I'm going to do. Here's my 135. And I am putting off here because I did have to think about this, whether I should be sharing it or would share it, etc. But I'm going to share it anyway. So my vision, <laughs> my aim is, I'm going to call it my vision, if you like, my for the next year is Operation D. Moob. D-moob. I want over the next year to work towards getting rid of my man boobs. <laughs> now, whether you want to call them that or just reveal my chest and, you know, pecs if I have them, <laughs> that kind of thing. I want to, for once and for all, get rid of them. D-moob. Operation D-moob. And here's the thing. I've been at various levels of fitness throughout my life, the consistently inconsistent over time. Um, and there's been periods where I've been pretty fit. And, you know, what I can say though is once I got past my twenties, I always seem to be carrying around a little bit extra in the moob department, no matter how fit I got. Um, and I tried all sorts. I tried all sorts of, you know, uh, extreme diets, silly fads, exercising too much, overtraining, that kind of thing. And it's been one of those things that's always bothered me. And as I'm now into my what forties and now fifties, it's something that feels even harder to shift, but I'm, I'm, I'm convinced I can. 
And what I'm convinced I can, and I aspire to, over the next year, work towards that. Now, I may not get perfectly demoved, <laughs> but I do want to reduce uh, work in that direction. So my one is that, Operation Demove. Get get the pecs out, basically. And I've identified three slices to that goal, three slices to the cabbage. The Demove is the cabbage. What are the three slices? And just for sake of ease of labelling, for me to conceptualise for myself, this is eat, rest and move. They're the three slices. Now, in that, I can have up to potentially five activities, five habits, five rituals, routines, or five goals to work towards. But for me, sometimes that's even that's too many, particularly when busy. It's oh, there's too many things there. So I'm going to talk about my one, three, three. So in each of these areas, I'm going to give you my three. And I'm not going to go greatly into the rationale behind it. I might touch on it. But what I want to say right now is I don't want you to think, oh, that, that's Dave's advice on how to. This is me experimenting and focusing in on the things that either have shown promise, have worked in the past, but I haven't done consistently enough, or I'm going to experiment with moving forward. So I'm not a dietitian, I'm not a fitness expert. I rely on other people to guide me in that. But ultimately, I take responsibility for experimenting and testing out my own actions and habits and goals and seeing what works. So here's my one, three, three. My three for the, well, for eat, my three are one is I'm going to go lower carb. Now I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not talking about keto diet or extreme low carb or anything like that. But what I have noticed is as I've got to the later forties and now fifties that I'm, I, I seem to get more sluggish when I eat some of the carb crisps, bread sandwiches, that kind of thing earlier during the day. This ties in with the, the point two of the eat, which I'll come on shortly. And I love it. I love, I love me bread. I love me rice. I love me pasta. So I'm not excluding them. But I'm going to save them for tea time, effectively. So lower carb means I'm going to reduce my sugars and my sweets and my treats, um, but just work on lowering. Not perfect, not elimination, just lowering. So looking at opportunities over time. Now, you see, that may not be specific as in I'm going to do this, this, and this at this time, but I, ha I want to flesh that out and see what works particularly. But it does tie into point two, which is I'm going to do the um, time-restricted fasting. Now, again, I'm not going to recommend that. This is something I've played around with and I've read a lot about and there are conflicting, you know, opinions and what have you. But what I have found is that when I'm busy during my day, um, I find that I can be, I can reasonably go with breaking my fast breakfast later in the day. Um, and I don't seem to struggle or miss it unless I'm bored and then I bored eat. So 16-8 is going to be my choice. I'll have a late, late, uh, late breakfast, which will be as 0.3, lower, more veg and higher protein, less carbs. And then I'll have a normal tea, normal but healthier tea, less takeaways, that kind of thing. So they're my three, actually, low carb, fasting six to eight for at least five days of the week. I'm not going to bother with the weekends and then increase my veg and protein at opportunities um, doing that. And, and the reason for that is that I can go through a day and I can pick and snack on, but I don't necessarily have healthy vegetables and stuff during the day. So one of the things I've done to help with that is I've batched prepared some portions of soup with the soup maker to take out the freezer and have that later in the day as and when. So there's my three for the eat. For the rest, um, it's less alcohol. It's one of those things where I... I can find myself falling into the habit of cracking open a bottle of beer or a glass of wine more often than, than would be healthier. And the key thing is it also disrupts my sleep when I do that. So less alcohol is just kind of having less, um, going more days with, without alcohol, um, just so that I have better quality sleep effectively. Um, 
I'm going to take a time out during the day for just a bit of a chill. One of the things that I've done re- realized through research is that it's important if you're working quite intensely and hard, it is useful to take a genuine break during the day to do something that's lower level that relaxes the sympathetic aspect of your nervous system so that you can um, bring things down and relax that aspect. Because one of the things that in terms of particularly health and weight loss is the reduction of cortisol in your system, particularly through the mid to later part of the day. And third one is reduce the use of my phones because I've slipped into the habits again of checking Facebooks and all of that regularly. And uh, I'm, I'm removing those apps from that. And again, it's that it's that unnecessary stimulation. And also it's not a relaxing activity. So it's counter to those things. And my move, well, CrossFit three to five times a week. And I say three to five so that, you know, if I manage three, that's the consistency. Five is okay. But if I, it is quite intense, so if it's too much, it's too much. I'll, I'll back off. Two is weights, some extra weights and technique training. That's to complement the, the CrossFit. But one of the things that is clear in the research is that when you start to reach your 40s and 50s, we decline in strength and muscle mass declines. Now, this both for men and women, and there's a potentially a feeling that, well, women don't want to be building muscle mass. But that's actually, we're not talking about being bodybuilders here. We're just talking about strength within muscles. And it's really important to keep that strength building going. So I'm not talking about becoming some major <laughs> bodybuilder in this. It's just stimulating the muscle growth to combat the natural decline and hopefully exceed that and build a little bit more muscle on there. So I'm looking at doing that three to four times a week, focusing on um, all of all of the body, but particularly techniques as well that will build in things like my um, double unders, get get used to doing those for uh, CrossFit. They're, they're the skips where you turn the skipper twice under your feet for every jump. And the third one is building some cardio endurance. Now, this is not hard level cardio. This is zone two, because again, what I've been doing is doing a lot of research around heart rate training and zone two training is that level, which is, it's a very slight sheen of sweat. It's a very slight raising of the breath and the heart rate. Um, and the benefit of that, doing that for 30 to 40 to even an hour at a time, whether it's a, a brisk walk, sitting on the cycle, um, going for a jog, that kind of training helps to develop the circulation system, the capillaries at the, you know, the ends of this, the, um, the blood system um, and just generally enhances your heart health. And uh, again, longevity is one of the key things for me. So if you look at those things, that's me fleshing out the 133. And I've shared that with you here to, I suppose, a bit of accountability, but also to fle- to illustrate how I'm using it. Now, will those things change? Potentially. Now, the one, th- the one won't change because I'm pretty set on de-moving. The three, I think, are pretty set. It makes sense to look at eat, move, uh, rest. The, the, the three in each of those areas may change, tweak, or I might find some things work less well than others. And that's where review every week will come. Uh, and I'll change that over time. So, you know, if, if we're interested, if it's something that um, people are interested in, I might well review this every month or every every six to eight weeks on the podcast. So I guess really that's my 133, bit of a flying visit. But the point of it is, going back to the point of the, the this episode is, we may have New Year's resolutions, we may have goals unfulfilled, we may have attempted and set out on them for well, numerous times. And that's fine. Reflect back and look at what worked, what didn't, what are the reasons why. Let's see if we can shrink those the activities down to manageable and, and in being able to be incorporated into our busy, hectic lives. And then let's move forward with a direction of travel. Be clear about where you want to go, not just in the big picture. So for me, not just at 66, but what the next year. Accept that life will get in the way 
And what actions, habits, and routines could you include in the 133, for example, if you were to use that as a system, to move forward? Now, here's the thing. My 133, I'm not expecting to rigidly do those every week, day in, day out, and every week. It's a guide. And it's also a measure to say, well, what is working? What am I actually doing? And what am I not doing? Because it's not, it's not something to be strict about. It's about that realistic flexibility. So if you develop your own 133, let me know what your vision, your one is, your three is, and, and your three or five or two. Um, let me know what they are. Um, set out with that experimental head on, um, looking at what, what you can try, see what works. And I'll talk about habits and, and how we can give them, we can uh, maximize the embedding of habits in the next episode. But for now, let me know your 133 and uh, I'll keep you posted on mine and uh, take care for now. So, fellow restless midlifer, what would be your direction of travel for 2022? What one thing would you like to move towards? And how can you develop some habits and actions that can be reasonably fireproof when facing the uncertainties and the things that happen inevitably in life? Hop on over to restlessmidlifer.com to learn more about the podcast and how my programs in the future can hopefully support you in this. And drop me a line, dave at restlessmidlifer.com to let me know your thoughts and ideas. Take care for now. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Restless Midlifer. For more links and details relating to the episode and the show, visit restlessmidlifer.com. And it would really help if you go to the show in your podcast app, click on review, and then rate the show and share why you value it. Until next time, proudly live your own restless midlife. Take care.